Ideas are everywhere. Welcome to Lessons Learned in Marketing, the Phoenix Group Podcast. I'm your host, David Bellarive. Today, my guest is Bruce Walsh, director and publisher at the University of Regina Press. Enjoy the conversation. So, Bruce, I, I, I always feel like I want to say uh, welcome when I start, but uh, it's kind of awkward because here I am in your office. Oh, but, okay. Well, welcome, well, David. <laughs> thank you, and welcome to you. Could you could we start by maybe you just giving, um, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself and who you're with. Okay. I'm Bruce Walsh. I am the director and publisher of University of Regina Press here in Saskatchewan. I'm originally from Nova Scotia, and like a good maritimer, I have lived in Calgary, Quebec City, Toronto, Montreal, and now Saskatchewan. So um, uh, I've really, in a lot of ways, been on a Canadian journey trying to figure out what this country's all about. Oh, so <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a very interesting place to find myself now. And have you found out what it's about? Huh? I found out a lot of things. Uh, you know, we tell ourselves stories that are not true. Um, and uh, that was really what I was interested in as a kid, because mm -hmm. I, I was very interested in my history as a Nova Scotian. I grew up in Lunenburg County. So down the road was the Blue Nose. And then there was uh, Mahone Bay, where the privates, pirates and privateers lived, and where the ghost ship teaser still haunts the waters and i mean the stories seven wars nine major battles all this sort of stuff and then in school we were taught that canadian history was boring yeah and i thought <laughs> mm, am i not a canadian uh why isn't my history a part of the canadian history and so this is really it really did um capture my imagination oh, and neat. it's kind of what i'm about really in a lot well of ways. that explains a lot about what you're doing here at the University of Regina Press. That's right. So I'm. I know this is going to be unusual for people listening because it's a marketing podcast. Yeah. But um, I'm fascinated by um, the the University of Regina Press from many aspects, but also from a branding and marketing side because you've been in publishing circles anyway, at least, and uh, I think outside that too, making quite a name for yourself and for the press. Uh, tell me the journey that this place has been on. Well, it goes back to Nova Scotia again, and <laughs> and um, and uh, being very interested again in the in the history of the place. And and we used to drive to my grandmother's place in Cape Breton, uh, drive through a, the largest reserve in the province called Escazoni, and I was really very intrigued by that because why uh, I knew that the Mi'kmaq. This was their land, uh, where I'm from. I mean, there's Tadamagush, there's Ekam Sekam, there's Anakinish, there's all of these places, uh, Shubanakity, uh, with Mi'kmaq place names, but no Mi'kmaq people. So my question for my parents was, where are all the Mi'kmaq people? And why, if they used to own Nova Scotia, are they now so poor? And my mother, at one point, got mad at me. It was like, we don't know. We don't know. So I was really curious. This is a kid's question. Um, and then in grade 12, we had a, uh, an elder come into my classroom in uh, Cobbequid Educational Center, another Mi'kmaq name, and uh, gave us a real history of the country. And it just horrified me. I was so, you know, because we were taught that we were the benign, nice Canadians. And um, and uh, that, in fact, is not the truth. I won't go into the details of the history of uh, the Mi'kmaq people in Nova Scotia, but it was one of the first genocides in the country. And that's why there are so few Mi'kmaq people here today. And um, so that was, uh, that was something that I was really very deeply affected by. But uh, growing up, I was also gay. And uh, I was suicidal at 11. 
and a book saved my life. Oh, wow. And that is why I'm in publishing. Okay. And I'm very interested in publishing books that are transformative to people. Uh, that can I, I know that books can save other people's lives. And a spe specifically, I'm interested about kids on reserve. Um, and therefore, publishing material that pot potentially can change, uh, change their world for them. A book can change somebody's world. And so I'm interested in that sort of thing. But as a, as a, as a young... Uh, I became an activist in Toronto fighting censorship. I started at an Oxford University Press, was the first publishing company I worked for. And at the same time, I was an activist defending the gay bookstore in, in Toronto against Canada custom censorship. So they were grabbing everything from poetry to novels to safe sex information. And this was at the height of the AIDS epidemic. And my friends were dying. And the federal government had a policy in place that was helping to kill them. So I was a I was I was an enraged activist at that time and extremely effective. And I was involved in three court cases, but I also became very involved in, in doing media relations uh, for a group called Censor Stop. And I was able to get stories about Canadian censorship in the New York Times, the front page of the LA Times, the New Yorker, Newsweek magazine. And at that point, the Canadian media started to cover the story. So I was very interested in how we bury things in this country, how we we're, we're so happy to point our finger over the border and say, well, at least we're not as bad as they are. And this is the excuse that we use to cover up and censor who we are. And so as a publisher, I'm very interested in exploring that as well. So when you came to Regina and this position, um, what, what, what was here and what did you, what did you see as your vision? Uh, Canadian Plains Research Center Press has was being closed down by the University of Regina. Uh, they had done a report in which they were um, told that they should actually open up a university press in its place. Uh, I was brought in as the first director of that new entity, University of Regina Press. Uh, there were a number of staff member members uh, who were already in place and. Uh, what, the first my first meeting with uh, with that team of people, I realized that okay. These, are, these people can do this. We can actually achieve what I think is possible in Canada in terms of not just academic publishing, but in terms of regional publishing. And my goal as a publisher is not just to publish great books and, and to win awards, and, and, but I, I'm, I'm very interested in, in, in the transformative nature of what we're capable of doing. And, and what I'm interested in transforming is publishing in Canada, but also the academy. Uh, we have um, our, the first book we published, Clearing the Plains, told uh, a history of the country that shocked me when I read it. I, I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, my God, this is this is a really important book. And I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that it gets a, a reading uh, audience and a public. It's gone on to become the best-selling academic book published in Canada this century, over 25,000 copies in print, and uh, has won many awards and named by the Literary Review of Canada as one of the most influential books published in the last 25 years. Uh, but what's happened, and I've been in publishing for 30 years, just about, and I've seen a big change within academic publishing during that time in which the language of uh, the, the scholars has become much more closed uh, and it's it's much more based on theory and and, and it's very inaccessible right and uh, and the topics have become narrower and narrower and uh, and and at the same time we've seen 
students stay away from the humanities and social sciences. As this has become the trend, so too has the desertion of those areas of the academy. And so my quest as a publisher is to help do what I can to help reverse that trend. And so we're doing it both in terms of the types of publishing we're doing here, but also we're demonstrating it to our colleagues in the academic sector, and we're also pushing it through competition. So now what's happening, we've been in business for four years, and uh, some, of, some of the leading scholars in the country are now coming to us to be published. And so that was oh, my goal that. from the very beginning. It was like we're going to become a, a juggernaut in publishing, and through that, we'll be able to attract the leading scholars in the field. So... So maybe the story starts with that first book, and how do you approach a topic, or how do you make popular, or I guess get, even get uh, time in people's minds for a topic nobody wants to hear and a book nobody wants to read? It starts with the publisher. <laughs> and my belief, I, I believe in this. I mean, if I'm excited about something... Well, your passion for it certainly probably drove it, but then is that enough? Uh, well, I also had... Uh, you know, 25 years of publishing under my belt at that mm -hmm. time. I was the director of marketing at McClellan and Stewart, the Canadian publisher. I worked for Margaret Atwood, uh, vice president of Long Pen. We worked, I worked with all senior people in Fortune 500 companies around the world. So I brought a lot of um, contacts and probably confidence to the game um, and a belief, a belief in my ability to choose what is going to be successful. If I think it's a big deal. I, uh, my, my job is to transmit that enthusiasm to my team. And then it's my team's job to transmit that enthusiasm to the rest of the marketplace. And of course, we're not trying to influence everybody. We're only trying to influence the influencers. So I know I need to talk to um, the leading media people. I know I have to talk to uh, book review editors. I know I have to talk to uh, retailers. I know I have to talk to a certain type of scholar. And I know I have to talk to a certain kind of writer. And those are the people who are going to drive uh, my success. So that's really the key. Is it a challenge from little old Regina to get those people to pay attention to you? Absolutely not. Regina, um, Regina comes with a great story. And I mean, that was one of the first things I discovered when I, when I moved here was really how rich and interesting that story is. So this is a place um, that hasn't really cared what the rest of the world has thought. And because of that, it has created, it, it really created the foundation of the Canadian identity, which is public funding for the arts. It's where Margaret Atwood and Alice Munro's careers have come from and socialized medicine. And when we talk about what we love most about this country, that's really at the top of the list. And it also created Idle No More. It's, it's, it's a very innovative and bold place. And so we're building upon really the history of this place. And we are also being very Saskatchewan in our approach to speaking to the rest of the country and to the rest of the world. So I'm very interested in not just publishing for our region, our country, but also for the international markets. So when you're marketing a book, I guess it's marketing, um, what do you, what do you, how do you want to put that together? Like, what are the pieces that you need? Is it a, is it a, a story about it? Or is it a bigger story? Or how do you, um, I guess, 
bring that important story out into the in and and connect with first the reviewer or whoever else the influencers as you say what is it that you need to do to get them their attention uh i well i need to believe in the book so that's the beginning i i i the education of augie morasti you know i i read it in a night and it was like I think this is a really important book. I think it's a book that it's going to have a big impact on many lives. Um, I didn't realize in many ways how big it was going to be and, and is, continues to be. Um, uh, but but you, So you start with that. You start with the manuscript. And, and then what you need to do is you need to have all of your timelines set up so that you have all of your materials ready in advance so they suit... Um, the retailer schedule and the and the and the media schedule. So for book reviewers, for instance, if it's going to be a long lead magazine, then we need to get the material to them six to eight months in advance. If it's going to be a newspaper, we need to get the galley to them three months in advance. If it's going to be on the current, I need to have it in the producer's hands two weeks in advance. So so we need to know those uh, those uh, those timelines. And we also need to have relationships. So really, it's all about having relationships with people. And people know me. I say it's a big deal. They're going to give it some consideration. I mean, you know, they won't believe me every time. Uh, but I try to be truthful. I try to be honest. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to try to sell them something that is not going to make them look good. That's my job is to make them look good in the choices uh, that uh, they're making. And I tell the media when I first meet with them, um, I am a content provider for you. I'm going to solve your problem with this book. I've got a I've got a this is the story of the book. And I've got a great author who can communicate this passionately and intelligently and your your listeners or your readers are going to get something from that uh that they'll walk away from it and they'll think about it so i'm going to give you something that you can really work with and it will make you look good uh so uh so that's sort of the beginning of the process and then we spend an awful lot of time you do not have a hit unless you have a great title so we spend a lot of time around the boardroom table talking about titles. And of course, an author comes to us with their idea of what a title is. And, and that might, we 30% of the time, that might be the title that we run with. Um, and we might go around in circles and finally decide that the title that the author has delivered it to us in the beginning is the title that we're going to, to go with. But uh, often it's not the case. Clearing the Plains, the title was... Um, patterns of disease policies of starvation <laughs> and uh, you know and it's like mm-hmm. no that's not the and you know jim daschuk um uh one of our great scholars now thanks to his book um which is rewritten canadian history at the beginning he said i don't think this is how you publish a scholarly book and i said it's not it's how you publish a big book it's a book that i think that's going to have a big audience it's going to win awards become a bestseller and we're going to treat it like that so so you don't have a bestseller unless you plan it uh, and you have to put all the pieces in place in order for that to happen and so i say that the title is absolutely crucial the package the cover design is absolutely crucial because that is the first thing you pick up and that's what is either you know you're competing against 
thousands of books. And so how do you break through so that your book becomes one of those top 10 in the country? And so it's about the design. And one of the reasons why I decided to take the job at University of Regina Press was because I knew the designer here, Duncan Campbell. And I knew the sort of work that Duncan was capable of. And I, if, if, if there was a bad designer in place, and this is a union environment, I would have be stuck with that designer and I, I just couldn't do it. Oh, so you need that, you need that, you need that. That was a very crucial element for me. I, and, and the beautiful thing about Duncan, of course, is that it turns out not only is he a great designer, but he has a great publishing mind. And he, he asks very tough questions when we're trying to position the book. So who is the audience for the book? And he needs to know that because that's how it's going to be reflected in the design that we choose. Um, he will he will give us he will give us six different options uh, based upon the information that we gave him, and then as a team we will we will select what we think really speaks to that. Mm -hmm. So it's the cover, and then it's the back jacket copy because if the cover grabs your attention then what you need to do therefore what happens then is you turn it over and you read that back jacket mm -hmm. information and so with us we are always going for advanced blurbs and again you need to get your material out well in advance so they can we get those blurbs back in and people are always looking for a recommendation and so that's a big, uh, big uh, part of making a book successful is having those advanced blurbs and then finding that perfect quote for the front cover. So I worked with uh, Random House when I was at McClellan and Stewart, and I saw how they did it. So I've taken those uh, those principles. I see these are the basic principles of publishing. Just simply apply them yeah. to what we're doing. And it works. So you're saying we do judge books by the cover. We huh? absolutely yeah. <laughs> do judge books by the cover. I and you do not have you, you go through the bestseller list and there will not be a wonky title there. They all work. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you looking for there? I, I guess intrigue and clarity, but... Um, there's... Something that's evocative. Yeah. Something that really does speak to the content of the book. Uh, something that's poetic, something that's punchy, something that, that sticks with you, something that's easy to say. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I want to come back to a couple of things you said, but one that um, piqued my interest was you were talking about um, the professor who said, well, this isn't the way you publish an academic book. This, this has been, I assume, then uh, a, an entire transformation in how you even look at these books. It's not, oh, we're not publishing an academic book. We're thinking beyond that. But they're also academic books, right? Or not? Yeah, yeah, we don't want to lie to our audience. Yeah. So we... Um, we're, we're clear uh, that it's an academic book. Uh, but at the same time, uh, if, if there, if, uh, what I'm looking for is, is a, as a publisher are academics who can write for a broader audience right. because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to speak to the kids. I'm trying yeah. to create enthusiasm for, you know, we're the marketing arm of the, of the academy. Yeah. You know, so if we do a good job of it, then potentially, I mean, we have 14-year-olds doing, doing school projects on clearing the plains. Mm -hmm. I mean, these kids will probably you know study history uh when they're when they're older you know and that's exactly what we're trying to achieve but important books and i like the i like just the thinking behind not starting out and thinking oh this is an academic book it's it's for you know students uh, i mean uh, you know i was on a i was on a panel um last week or two weeks ago or something on best practices in publishing and scholarly publishing and you know my my response was the dirty secret of academic publishing is that people do not in the publishing houses, read the books. 
They get scholarly reports that are written by scholars on the books, but nobody's actually reading the book. I mean, if I, if that was the case with clearing the plains, it wouldn't have gone anywhere, uh, because the the, the read, one of the readers said this book has absolutely no scholarly value. There's competition within the the fields, and mm-hmm. people will try to krill, uh, you know, crush somebody's career. You know, like this is a reality of the of the little world that we live in right. within Canadian academia. Uh, and so, reading the book and knowing what I have, I'm not going to try to make every scholarly book into a big book. But I'm going to choose my battles very specifically, and now I'm getting the scholars who can actually write. So that's going to change the whole dynamic. Well, sure. Now there's uh, now they want to be working with University of Regina Press. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So what um, you talk about, um, you know, thousands of other books wanting to be published. What are the obstacles that you're facing when you're going out there? Well, it's harder to get a book published than it is to write. I mean, there's probably I don't know what the stats are but probably for every 300 books written there's one that's published i Mm -hmm. mean it's very very difficult Um, although if you came to us four years ago when we launched we didn't have anything in the pipeline and we just published whatever came at us and now we can't manage the number of manuscripts i mean it's almost daily that we're getting new things and so what's our job is to to go through those piles and to figure out what's what's the good what's good here yeah you know and and so from my point of view i could i i assess a manuscript very quickly i mean um uh, you know i i I read the opening the introduction uh you know dig in um well you really you read until you stop essentially Mm -hmm. you stop because you realize that this is not going to go anywhere uh but if i if i have a and then i have a i have a physical response if i think i've got the book like i will I, it's sort of a, I don't know, I vibrate or something. I, I can't really describe <laughs> it, but it was like it was the exact same thing that happened to me when I first realized I could read on my own. And I was yeah. like, "Wow, this is a really big deal." Well, that's the response I have to a manuscript that I think really yeah. uh, has incredible it potential. Your passion for sure. Yeah. Then, but once you have the book, what are the obstacles you're facing as you try to move that out beyond um, here and into the the the, into your influencers like there's thousands of other books out there that are uh, in a similar boat well once you have a reputation it makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. I mean we've had six national de- bestsellers in the four years we've been in operation um, uh, I just got an email from one of our sales reps the other day at, talking uh, she had just met with Monroe's books in Victoria it's one of the largest independents in the country and he told her that uh our catalog is the first one they haul out. I mean, there's dozens and dozens of catalogs and that this season is the best season yet. So um, that's what we're trying to do. And I knew that was what we were trying to do. I mean, from the very beginning, our job was to create momentum. And then it becomes, and this is the big challenge now, keeping up with the momentum. So how do we manage? When you have a successful book, it's a lot more work than when you have a dud. Because then you have to send it more. People want it. You have to manage the author and the media. You have to make sure that the the books are being um, uh, reprinted. You have to take uh, the quotes from the latest media, you have to add them to the back. So there's, a, if, the, if it wins awards, you have to put the awards on the cover. So there's a lot of work that goes into a successful book. I mean, we had three national bestsellers last year. It was just, so it was a lot of work, you know. And and so how do you manage the team? Because they're the ones who are doing the real work. I mean, I'm out there 
talking and, you know, assessing and making decisions and all that. But I mean, they're really, they're hands on digging into the manuscripts. And so uh, that the challenge becomes uh, uh, growth and managing human resources, essentially. When you started, was um, was it a, ma- did you edit very carefully? Like the the, the catalog, was was it smaller and you just pick the, the ones that you thought were winners? And uh, Well, in the beginning, we didn't have really anything. Yeah. So we had, t- we published 10 books in the first year, um, two of which were created sort of out of thin air, um, uh, Clearing the Plains. So that was our lead title. I, I, I believed we had a winner there. We had another title as well. Um, that was again, that was at the, uh, sat at Canadian Plains Research Center Press for a number of years called Fists Upon a Star, Memoir of Love, Life Theater and, and Escape from McCarthyism. And I thought, oh, that book has a real potential too, but that didn't take off. Mm-hmm. Um, and Clearing the Plains took off. So uh, we're actually redoing um Fists Upon a Star, and we're going to put out it in a new little tiny edition, and we're calling it Florence of America, because this was this incredible lady, Florence um, James, who uh, escaped the United States during the McCarthy period and came up to Saskatchewan, worked for the Saskatchewan Arts Board, and is responsible for professional theater in the province. I mean, she was just this incredibly dynamic woman, but she stood up. She was tried twice by the House on American Activities Committee, and she stood up and she said, you people are lying. And they physically, the police physically pulled her out of the courtroom, but she was having none of it. You know, this is a, so, so I have this manuscript, this book, we've Mm -hmm. already published it. And I'm thinking it's a crazy time in America. They need some Florence. So we're going to bring out Florence of America. And that's a book. I'm talking to all the American media and they're like, wow, okay. We'll be taking a look at that when that comes through. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> so um, I, I can't believe how fast time's flown here, but um, I, I, um, I'm, we're almost out of time. Okay. I want to ask you um, what sort of in the, in the last, through your um all your publishing years and through the, your years here at uh, the U of R Press, what what lessons have you learned that uh, for <laughs> oh, not not all of them, but I guess um, in in publishing a book or what are the what are the big marketing lessons that you've picked up? The more you know your material, the better you're going to be at it. So that's just fundamental. Um, in Publishing, uh, it's positioning. So who's the audience? Packaging, putting it together in such a way that it appeals to that audience and pricing. So you, you're, you, I mean, you want to go as high as you can, mm-hmm. obviously, because every, every book has its own challenges in terms of the bottom line, uh, but not to go too high. So that audience will actually pay for that book. So, uh, so really the fundamentals of, of, uh, of, of marketing, mm-hmm. um, really I apply those to, uh, what we're doing here. And then of course, uh, once we have the physical book, we spend a lot of energy on the, on the marketing. So we, I have a publicist who lives in Toronto and I go, I go to Toronto and New York and DC, Washington, DC twice a year, meet with media with her, um, and, and, and talk about not just what we have upcoming, but what we have coming a year down the road. And, and, and by the time, and I, I've learned this about Canadian media, for instance, the American media is very interested in what they don't know about, very interested. 
the Canadian media is only really interested in what they already know about. Mm. So in Canada, what you need to do is plant the seed of the book that's coming a year from now, and you keep talking about it with them. And then when the but book finally comes topic. out, they go, oh, I know about that. Yeah, book. Yeah. You know, so that is really, I mean, I figured that out on my own. You know, there's no there's no lessons in that, but that's been my well, experience. One thing that stood out from what you said is that know your, know your material. Why is that important? It's hard to... I mean, I don't want to sell bullshit. I yeah. want to be, I want to, I want to deliver um, a great experience for my reader, right? I mean, I, and so if I don't know what I have, how can I do that? You know, I want, I want my author to walk away from the experience of publishing with me and tell all of their writers' friends that they had a great experience here. And you need to do the work in order to deliver a great experience. You know, like you can't, you can't pretend. I mean, you can pretend and people I'm sure are very good at pretending, but when you don't pretend, you can take a book like Clearing the Plains and you can build your entire reputation on that book, which we've done. And it will open doors for you um, because we did it right. And you can't do it right unless you know your material. It's a great note to leave on. Uh, Bruce, always a delight chatting with you. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, David. That's the show for this week. Of course, I forgot to ask Bruce where best to reach him. But you can get a hold of the University of Regina Press at uofrpress.ca. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you again next week.